Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle. I work with Mike Miner, professional ag marketing, and we're seeing pretty much everything lower this morning with the exception of the cattle market. And Mike, we had a nice uh, recovery yesterday in the grains. Um, not much follow through here today, unfortunately, is there? No. And uh, from a technical perspective, you know, we are looking at a potential key reversal yesterday on the corn market, for example. And that that was hopefully going to give the bulls a little bit of an edge today. It doesn't look like they're taking advantage of it so far because we are needing a a close hire today to confirm that. And not the best start, is it, Michelle? No, it's not. Um, And besides being oversold, there's really not a lot of positive fundamental news right now in this market, is there? No, not at all. I mean, we can dive down the list. It's pretty easy to go down the list on soybeans if you wanted to start there, Michelle. Yeah, let's start off talking, first of all, about the CONAB numbers that came out this morning and, you know, maybe a little disappointment in terms of where they came in in terms of their estimate for Brazil. Yeah, you know, 155 on uh, production for um, Brazil out of Conab, pretty close actually to what the USDA is expecting uh, or what we're expecting the trade is out of the USDA on Friday. So that could have been probably low 150s to get towards a lot of the other private analysts. And really, if you're talking anything above 150 at all out of Brazil for million metric ton production, then you start to look at, well, their previous record was 2021 at 185 million metric ton or so between Argentina and Brazil. And if you've got a 151 million metric ton, let's say out of Brazil still, and you end up with a 50 million metric ton production out of Argentina, I mean, you're still at a record of over 15 over the prior record. So from a production standpoint, they're obviously not hurting yet um, at this current time frame. And, And when we talk about competitiveness now, um, the, the drier weather has led to some soybeans becoming available out of Brazil earlier than normal. And some of those yields have been reported at normal somehow even being sped up. So they've hit the ports at Brazil earlier than normal. And now their export premiums have, have uh, or their prices uh, for premium have dropped pretty significantly, making them incredibly competitive uh, for exports globally already, Michelle. No doubt. And, you know, the rain, man, rain makes grain mentality kind of hit here. So we've kind of removed a lot of weather premium here out of the soybean market. So, you know, what do you think as far as where do we need to hold from a technical standpoint not to drop down substantially? Well, unless the WASD report on Friday gives us some good news, I mean, we're going to need to test that 1210 area, uh, probably out of the soybean market. So that would be a pretty good test area. And I I think, you know, you've still got like 70 cents down until that next low back from May in these soybean futures. So we've got a little bit of chart to play with, I'm afraid, on the soybean market for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned the USDA report, average trade guesses don't look like much change. And as far as South American numbers, as you point out, USDA probably isn't going to change a whole lot there either, are they? So that's the real key. Everybody continues to talk about the the USDA's expectations and what numbers they'll pull out for Brazil and Argentina. 
However, I think looking back in in history, the January report is a great pivot report, and uh, they're not expecting many changes out of either yield or acre changes out of the United States at all for corn or soybeans. So I really think that you'll probably get one shocking number out of the USDA report for the U.S. balance sheet for yield or acres, some change in those numbers that'll maybe grab uh, the trade's attention a little bit. Now, it's it's impossible to know whether it's going to be friendly or not, right? But I, I would watch the U.S. balance sheet and just maybe we'll get some volatility from one of those numbers because at this point, it's pretty hard to gauge what direction they're going to be headed in, Michelle. Yeah. So if you look at the report, um, which of the commodities would it be most likely we could get that surprise in? I mean, corn most likely because uh, we've got a, a really burdensome balance sheet. Uh, there's a lot of excess there. Uh, you could move one of those pretty significantly. The The soybean market, uh, it's going to be a little difficult uh, because it, you do have tighter ending stocks there. If you do make a change, you get into a tight situation a little bit quicker. So uh, if you do get one on the soybean balance sheet, that would probably be a bigger reaction out of uh, out of our trade. But the the corn one, I think, could take a number um, and absorb it a little bit easier if you do get one. So I, I would expect to change majorly out of uh, out of the corn uh, balance sheet, anyways, for the United States. If you're going to get one. Now, the pullback in the grains, the other surprising part, Mike, has been the fact that, you know, we haven't stimulated any demand. We haven't seen any flash sales for a while. And that kind of also is a, a holding that market down, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got probably three different things. One is that the main factor for soybeans is that uh, China crush margins are deeply negative now. So their demand for soybeans has, has dropped. And to back that up now, you've got Brazil soybeans coming a little bit earlier than normal, earlier than they expected. And uh, now that's going to lead to them being more competitive than we are for global exports. And going forward, the, the third main point there would be more on the corn and wheat side of exports. You know, you are seeing Ukraine and Russia quite active, actually, on exports recently to Egypt and some of these other locations as they're pretty aggressive um, uh, for the grain markets uh, on their exports. And the U.S., we've exported some wheat to Mexico here really recently. But, you know, the corn and wheat numbers really haven't been that bad on our exports. But like soybeans, our weekly shipment number last week was the worst we've had seasonally in the last 10 years. So out of the soybean market, those, I mean, Topple that on with all the other things we talked about already, Michelle. Uh, that's probably why we've seen such a slide here the last month in soybean futures. Yeah, and I think all of the shipping issues that we have kind of have, you know, come into that to make it even worse. You know, the Mississippi mm -hmm. River being down, you've got problems in the Panama Canal, the Red Sea. It, it all kind of feeds together, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. What about this cattle market? A uh, little bit higher today. Do you think we're putting weather premium in and do we need to put weather premium in? It's a little tough, you know, so the front end futures are probably going to lead this thing higher and they kind of have been a little bit here with winter weather starting to take a toll on performance. And 
you've got cold temps coming this weekend and then next week as well. So you're probably seeing a peak right now in weights, which is, uh, thank goodness, because performance has been fantastic up until this point. But those weights seasonally really need to start dropping fast to catch up to a more normal uh, type number. So that'll be nice to see peak uh, finally for this time of the year. And Weather, I think, uh, rather than just performance-wise, we, we saw some impact on slaughter here yesterday. You were talking right. mainly in the Kansas area. You had Cargill, Tyson. They slowed down, didn't kill. Uh, had to halt their production there. So weather impacted some slaughter yesterday. And, I mean, with that being the case on cattle, cash sales have been incredibly slow this week because of the bad weather. Yeah, we'll see where that comes out. You mentioned slaughter, 104,000 revision on Monday, 94,000 yesterday. So hopefully we can get a, ramped up this week but or today. But do you think that the feedlots, are they going to hold out for higher money on cash? I know you said cash has been slow, but. Yeah, at this point, you know, I think they're still hoping uh, for a little bit more premium yet. A lot of talk about the 50% retracement area too on the on the charts. If we can get a little bit more of a rebound, another five bucks. I mean, I think that would spur a lot of selling. That finally gets a lot of people back above break-even levels. So I think they'd like some areas uh, back around that 50% to really let some go. But uh, at the same time, at, when once weather starts turning like this, that's not very much fun either, Michelle. No, it isn't. So the hog market back down today after four up days. Um, I thought maybe we were trying to carve out a seasonal low. What's your thought about that? I mean, yeah, we put on over six and a half dollars over four trading sessions on that Feb contract, which kind of led the way. And I mean, your talking points are pretty similar to cattle when you start talking about, uh, you know, slaughter being down significantly due to the bad weather. And packers will probably have to get more aggressive this week to make up for the lost production. However, I was hoping for a little bit better of a cash rebound. I mean, we were only up like 50 cents yesterday. A bit of a letdown after a major snowstorm, I think, here, Michelle. Yeah, and, you know, are you worried about us backing up hogs now? I mean, there's talk about holding diets and things like that, but Mm -hmm. I think it's more... um, uh, down to the system rather than industry wide. So I'm not too worried about it at this point. It's been more of a choice, I think, at this point. All right. Thanks for joining us, Mike Miner with Professional Ag Marketing. That is Markets Now.